Hi, Travis. Hi, Travis. Hi, Hi Travis. It's Travis Johnson, Navy officer veteran from the Nonprofit Architect Podcast, co-host, host of the Veterans Podcast Awards on Oscar Mike Radio Tonight. Following up uh, from Shane Cunningham, the Broken Jarhead Podcast, Travis, I've only said this once before, welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Hey, thanks for having me, Travis. You know, it's a really good thing how we got connected. Um, you know, you reached out to me, you know, about a year ago about becoming part of your podcast network. And we talked back and forth about, you know, why we got into podcasting. And I was really interested in, you know, your story and how you get into podcasts. We'll get into all that. But if you would, for my viewers and listeners out there, just talk about really briefly or introduce yourself about your military career and how you got to where you are now. Sure thing. I'm still an active duty Navy officer. I've got 21 years of service enlisted in July 2000 as an ejection seat mechanic in the Navy. Worked the next seven years to try to get promoted, made E6. I uh, did a tour out in California at F-18s at VFA 125. Ended up moving, uh, mounting a movie camera in an F-18 for us to film behind enemy lines with our sister squadron, VFA 122. Uh, got married. We got pregnant and I got stationed in VQ4 in Oklahoma City at Tinker Air Force Base, of all places. Did a five-year tour there. Went across the parking lot to teach. I don't know if this is video or not, but yeah. there's my teaching plaques oh. right over here, I guess. Yeah. I haven't pointed at them in, like, I can't tell you how many interviews. Uh, they just never come up, but they're there. Um, got to teach for three years, teach a, a C-school to teach people how to work on the E-6 aircraft, applied for an officer program, got accepted to the Seamold Admiral program, went to the University of Oklahoma full-time, got my degree in commission in a year and a half, went to flight school down in Pensacola, which if there's a place to go to flight school, like that's the place you want to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely finished up flight school in about 10 months, got stationed back at Tinker Air Force Base again in Oklahoma City. Went through, got my wings. Ah, look at this. Nice. All the prop uses today to fly the E6B at VQ3, the Iron Man Squadron. Deployed for three years, became a combat systems officer, mission commander, and instructor. Went across the parking lot again to teach at VQ7. All the newbie, all the newbies coming in to fly the E6B Mercury. And then I went to the War College for three months. Got a job out in. Bahrain, uh, look at that for a year. Got stationed out there, ran the Fifth Fleet Maritime Operations Center as the Fleet Command Center Director with 60 watchstanders, 12 task forces, and our coalition partners, which was a whole lot of fun. And then got stationed back in Oklahoma City again at Stratcom Wing One, working in their current operations department. And that's where I'm currently at. You know, so you're supposed to like put your least favorite place in the top three so you don't get what you don't want <laughs> well i got my first choice every time so i don't feel too bad all right all right just um isn't the east uh the a6b like a like a uh intercepted aircraft um jamming aircraft like a wild weasels is it a variant of that uh so the ea6b prowler which is now the ea18g growler does jamming i'm actually on the e6b mercury which does nuclear command and control okay okay it's a modified 707 it's about 150 feet long and wide 
And fantastic part about that is it's too big for the aircraft carrier. So wise decision on my point. See, I mean, I mean, Navy guys are smarter than us Marines. It, it's true. It's true. So you're you're doing all this. You've had a very very military career from enlisted to officer. Several. Do you get the jokes about punch me out goose when you were injection in the injection? <laughs> yeah. seat? Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, right? But um, you're doing all this. What's what's before we go into the podcast and all that and in your transition? What's the what's the couple of things you've gotten out of your Navy career that's kind of prepared you for the next phase of your life as you wind down to retirement? Sure, the Navy has given me quite a lot uh, coming out of you know the foster care system and a few different. You know, I didn't have a whole lot of structure. There's a lot that I didn't know about just life in general. And the Navy has a way of molding you to the type of person, at least they want you to be. Um, they did a great job at that. And I found out, as most young men do, at some point, they understand that they're running their mouth just a little bit too much. And I was probably in my mid-20s when I found out that I was doing that. I thought I was being funny. Turns out I was the only one. And if you're the only one that thinks you're funny, that means you're not funny. Um, so I got kind of a wake up call when I was, a, when I was an E6 and decided I wanted to model my life after people that were, you know, being good husbands, working on their career, working on their education, taking care of their family, going to, going to church. And when I started switching over my friends to the type of people that I wanted to be like, that changed my whole trajectory and everything that I was doing. But the military as a whole really taught me that one, you can learn how to do anything. <laughs> they will, they will pound it in your head enough. Like, Hey, you need to work with a team. I don't want to work with a team. You're going to work with a team. And then pretty soon you figure out that working with a team is super helpful and understanding the team dynamics and the leadership and what that takes. And then going to be like a mission commander on a half a billion dollar nuclear component control platform with 23 people on board. Like there's, there's no more time. There's, there's time for messing around, but really you understand the responsibility, what you're doing, the gravity of the situation, how much you have to learn, know, and really execute on a daily basis in order to get that kind of mission done, because that's a no nonsense, no fail mission. And as much as we say, there's, you know, room for failure and mistakes in the military, when you get into the, the NC3, the nuclear command and control mission, there's not that much room for error. So you really hunker down on the rules. You really get your study time in it. People that aren't aviators or that are not familiar with aviation don't realize just how much study time is put into every single person and every single qualification and prep for every single flight. Cause we make it look easy. You know, you get the flight suit on, get the shades on, you're playing volleyball without a shirt on all the stuff. And uh, even though I make fun of a lot of pilots and I do, <laughs> the amount of study that you put in to be able to be qualified to do your job because all the military standards, especially for aviation, are much higher than the FAA requires. So you not only have to learn all the FAA rules, you have to learn all the military rules as well. So there's a lot that goes into that. But really, the amount of stuff that you have to learn to do your job, do it well, how to work with a team, and really how to be responsible are some of the things that the military taught me. Now, you, you mentioned working with the team several times now, and, and certainly there's a technical component to what, you know, you do. I, my MOS was shooting planes down, so that's what I did. But you, you, it still goes back to working with people. Is, especially now that you're an officer, 
what's the leadership component figure into mission success and you know team cohesion? It's everything. It sets the tone for what you're going to do. You have to be personal, right? You have to be personable so people can get along with you, but you still have to maintain that authority and respect. Yeah. And in the military, every branch is a little bit different in how they, they accomplish this. The Navy Naval Aviation Enterprise is a little bit more relaxed. You get to be a little bit more personable. And then because everyone on the airplane is a consummate professional when it needs to be, right? As soon as you start using the official language and we need to do this, like everyone just snaps in the line and they go and get what needs to get done. But, you know, backing up your people, make sure you're going to hold the standards, know that they're going to be held to the standard and a higher standard on a regular basis and understanding exactly what that means. And then really, I view the leadership position really as a shield from upper upper management nonsense. It's not nonsense, you know, whatever, whatever they're coming down with and making sure that you're really taking the brunt of that. So your guys don't feel that pain. I think that's very vital. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you're, you're doing all this. You went in as enlisted, you, you became an officer, you've been to several schools, you've gone to school full-time and gone back. Where did the, the idea germinate in your mind to start working with nonprofits? It's a, it's a very interesting, you know, segue into something else that you've done in your life. Oh, absolutely. It, it's kind of shocking for a lot of people because when you think about military service, really you put the vast majority of people in the military, put their full effort in to the military only, um, which is great. It does, it can create some problems, right? But for by and large, it's a wonderful thing that we're able to have people that are so dedicated to the military and the mission and each other and what we need to accomplish is wonderful. But I got to a place where I didn't feel like it was in that scarcity or survival mode anymore. I'd moved 36 times before graduating high school, 11 schools, six states, five foster homes, and survived two murder attempts before graduating high school at 17. <laughs> yeah, I say it fast. So you don't have time to breathe and jump in on there. But uh, I never really understood what community was. Yeah. And after being stationed in Oklahoma for city for so long, I, I feel like I wasn't in that, that survival mode anymore. And I'm like, am I part of the community now? Like, I don't understand how this works. Like, what is community? And I had to ask around and I got involved with a few nonprofits here locally. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is my time to give back. And I served on the board of Books by Vets and the Shine Foundation in Oklahoma City. And then when I got stationed in Bahrain, I was like, how am I supposed to keep doing all the fun nonprofit stuff? And I had a few people tell me like, well, you kind of have a voice for podcasting. And I said, oh, do I? That would be kind of fun. So I, no kidding, while I was stationed in the Middle East, started the podcast, the Nonprofit Architect Podcast, with the goal of helping people do nonprofit work better. I had a little bit of experience, but you know, I don't know everything. So I brought in a lot of expert guests so they could come share their behind the scenes, their step-by-step, -step, their how-to all in effect so we could help build stronger nonprofits. And it's just been a complete blast, a complete wild ride. I've been loving every minute of it and just hosting a podcast. And you know, this is every time you interview somebody, it's like getting your own kind of private masterclass and you learn the learning curve is just tremendous about whatever you want to learn about interview somebody and you're going to learn everything that you want to know and you won't have to pay those high price fees for master classes so a lot of people in our community want to start nonprofits. Uh, I, I deal with this a lot of people asking me about starting a nonprofit, and you're we kind of talking before this about 
some of the challenges they face. But let me ask you this. One of my peers is like, there's almost too many uh, military and veteran nonprofits in the United States right now. There's almost too many of them. Do you believe any of that? Is, is it just a matter of there's saturation or is it a matter of just bringing yourself to meet the need better? Well, there is a whole lot of goodwill that veterans have and they want to help other veterans, which is phenomenal, right? There's no one arguing that point. We currently have more than 53,000 registered nonprofits that are dedicated to helping veterans in some way, shape or form. And I believe people want to help out and they're not sure exactly how to help. And some of them want to start their own organization. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's definitely some challenges because if we have 53,000 different organizations, that tells me objectively that people aren't working together or people aren't teaming up with other people. There's nothing wrong with wanting to start your own show, but understanding it's insanely difficult. You have to convince a group of people that you are the best person to take their money and turn it into something that can be used for good. But a lot of people tend to forget the things we learned in the military. Like you can't do it by yourself. You have to be out there with your fire team or your crew or your platoon or your squadron or whomever you have to be with in order to get the job done. You know, me as a mission commander on a jet with 23 people, I can't do it alone. I can't go out there Feel the plane, service the plane, get it ready to fly, sign up the logbook, sign up the maintenance records, file a flight plan, go fire it up, <laughs> take off, put it on autopilot, go back and bring up all the comm equipment and do what I need to do. I can't, I can't do that alone. But somehow in the nonprofit world, we almost feel like we have to do it alone. And if that's, if you're listening and you're thinking about nonprofit work and you're thinking how you have to be the one to do it, don't, don't get started. Find out someplace that's already doing something you want to do and see how you can help. And are there going to be differences of opinion? Of course there are. Of course there are. But doing it alone is nigh impossible. And when you're doing it alone, how long can you keep that up? If you're just doing it alone, if you're not building a team around you, if you're not creating that sustainability. A lot of the people in the nonprofit world that are veterans that I see have three main areas of concern where they could do it a little bit better. They don't take any time learning about how to do nonprofit work and how to do it better. But while they were in the military, they spent a lot of time training, learning how to do it, finding out mentors, figuring out how to do it better. But they get in the nonprofit world and they forget to do that. They forget that they had a team behind them the whole time they were in the military and they try to do it alone in the nonprofit world. And then sustainability is probably the biggest piece because if you're not generating real revenue somewhere in your life, you're going to run out of steam. You, you just are. If you're not going to be able to pay yourself a full-time pay to do it full-time, or you're not working to get to that point, it's only a matter of time before you um, get burned out and you have to shut the doors and you're not able to help anybody. What I encourage most veterans to do is to find someone that's doing it, see how they can help. Or if they're not doing the program you know, that they really is on their heart and they want to do, see if you can add that program. Then you're a program director you're not responsible for filing all the paperwork, coming up with a 501c3, trying to run a board. Meanwhile, you spend most of your time asking for dollars and you hardly ever get to even see the vets you want to help anyway. So figure out how it is you can help and contribute before just jumping in and starting one, please. I can recommend a good podcast. Well, we're talking to the main man, Travis 
uh, you know, Johnson, who has a nonprofit architect podcast. And, you know, I've served on two nonprofit boards. I'm on, I'm board chairman for one of them now. I can certainly, you know, understand where you're coming from. Um, you cannot do it alone. I had to take advice from people, civilians, a lot of them, uh, a lot of military guys I know as Travis don't want to take advice or listen to civilians. I'm like, you know, she might not have ever fired an M16 before. She might not be able to load an M9 pistol, but you know what? She can project manage you down to the minute. Might want to, might want to listen. So I, I guess my next question is, is what are some things that use a nonprofit either contributor or board member can do right? I mean, there's, there's so many things you can do, right? If you are on a board of a nonprofit, you're not sure how to help bare basics. You can share every social media post that comes out from your organization. It's simple. It's easy. However many board members you have should be this, at least how many numbers of shares that you have to talk about what it is in your mission. If you're not spending time in every conversation with everyone you meet uh, championing for your nonprofit, are you really on board with that mission? If you are, volunteering or a board member, I think you really should donate monthly to the nonprofit that you're serving. It doesn't have to break the bank, but it should meet the need that you have in your heart to give, not just of your time and talent, but also a little bit of your treasure, even if it's 10 bucks a month, even if it's 50 bucks a month, even if it's a hundred bucks a month, whatever you can do to help move that forward, you need to be saying it you need to be doing it. You need to be living it. And if you're not doing those things and you're part of a nonprofit, I don't think you're doing them a favor just by being on their board. So as your podcast, are, are you doing the nonprofit architect podcast as a way to, you know, gather information and, and give good information to people? Or do you actually, as part of your podcast, do nonprofit coaching as well? I do both. I offer nonprofit consulting and i also offer podcast consulting uh people want to help get their message out there and do what it is you and i do do both of those very well well i mean it's it's evident right so you know the funny thing was you know travis approached me and said travis i want you to be part of my nonprofit network and i'm like get out of here travis you know i get asked that all the time you know people say that then they want to control what i do or tell me what to do and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. He's like, well, just check out my, my, my page and all my other shows and, 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 you know, make a decision. And I'm curious, you know, how did you get these people to be part of your network and what are you trying to do with that? I really wanted to create kind of a hub of resources. It, it seems right now I've got two. Um, if you go to nonprofitarchitect.org, you can see the nonprofit podcast network. And we've got 13 shows dedicated to helping nonprofits. And I also have the Veteran Podcast Network, and you can go to veteranpodcastnetwork.com, and it takes you right to that page. We've got 40 shows that are hosted by veterans talking about things that veterans care about. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the reason I do nonprofit work is it's not about me. It's about what we can do together. And it's not just about me jumping up and like, hey, check out Travis. Did you see Travis is doing? Yeah, Travis has got all the good stuff. There's a, there's a part of that, right? Because I got to be able to you know, get some of my stuff and services and products out there. But really, I just want people in my world to be successful. And if that's coming through the nonprofit podcast network and finding a good show, it might be my show or it might be one of the other shows that are on there that is going to feed you what you need and deliver it into a way that's going to make sense to you so you can help do it better. Or maybe you're a veteran and you're struggling with 
transition or you need to catch a good laugh or you need to check out Travis on Oscar Mike radio, whatever the thing is, there's going to be someone in there that, that can speak to you. And it's free to join my network, hop on there and get your, your show published on there. I'll add it to the website. And every week, a weekly email reminder goes out and it says all the shows that were published that week out to my audience, because it really is about growing together. You're almost, you know, when I hear you, you know, say this, it's almost like the abundance mindset, but in the nonprofit and podcasting space. Like if you're willing to put yourself out there and share what you have with people who are receptive to it, everybody, I don't know if wins is the right word, but everybody, let's just say grows. Everybody grows. And is that a hard mindset for people to accept and internalize, you think? Uh, it can be. I'm definitely of the abundance mindset. I've been going through a little process this year specifically for myself. I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to do all the things that I do with, you know, being active duty Navy, you know, running a household, having a family, running a podcast, and then doing things like the Veteran Podcast Awards, which is just a great time. Thank you, Shane Cunningham, for, for putting that together. Um, in order to be able to do all the stuff I do, I have to run on a schedule of one, Two, I've got to make sure the right people are on my schedule. And how I'm going to do that is I'm going to divide people up between abundance and scarcity mindset. So for instance, for nonprofits, people are like, hey, can I book a call with you? Absolutely. It'll be $50. What do you mean it'll be $50? Yeah, $50 to make sure that's worth my time that you're going to pay attention and take notes. 50 bucks. Oh, that's too much. Turns out $50 is just enough pain, just enough pain for people to, to not book that call with me which means I already know they're in this scarcity mindset and they weren't going to be worth my time anyway. I feel a little bit bad doing that, but otherwise I'm wasting my time talking to people that aren't paying attention, that are going to argue with me, not take notes and not implement my suggestions. Well, it's not my, worth my time and it's not worth their time either. Here's the deal. Just being a nonprofit doesn't mean you should get stuff for free. You know, being a veteran and we have all those services available to us, we paid the price by being in the service. That's why there's a lot of free things to veterans. But just starting your own nonprofit doesn't mean people are just going to show up and give you free stuff. If that's your mindset, you're not going to do well. We had to, and, and the programs I'm with are very good. You know, we understood we had to show value to the, the veterans we serve first. And mm -hmm. then once the potential donor saw that veteran being served by the program and the value there, the, the conversation about support, financial, otherwise became very easy. But if you, <laughs> well, because- Surprising to, how that works, huh? <laughs> well, it, to some people it is because there's that school of thought that you just mentioned that, well, I'm a nonprofit. I can go to the whatever place and they'll give me free stuff. And it, places are- fatigue they're tired of hearing it they 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 instead lead with what you've done and how you've helped somebody versus um just hey i'm here give me some uh swag or whatever um we could sit here and talk about podcasting oh i got a couple other podcast questions before we get into the the podcast awards what's what's your favorite aspect of actually sitting behind the microphone either by yourself or with somebody else to do your show, to do your podcast, what gives you the most satisfaction? I, I tell you, I, I just absolutely love sitting behind the microphone and meeting new people and getting to hear and share in whatever their passion is. 
not only do I get to learn something, which I am a huge fan of learning. I like to be wrong as many times as possible in a day because that means I'm going to learn something new. And some people are like, what do you mean you want to be wrong? Yeah, we're all wrong all the dang time anyway. I might as well be proud of it, you know, but um, you, know, you get to pick people on. And hey, 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 wait a minute. Shouldn't you in, in, in that regard do like a marriage podcast? I mean, I could do a marriage podcast. I mean, I mean if, if you're going to be wrong, you might as well run with it, Travis. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Hi, I'm Travis and I'm wrong. Don't believe me. Ask my wife. Exactly. exactly. I'm just, I'm just trying, I'm trying to help you out here, sir. Uh, that's funny. Um, but it's weird because you get access to people like, like in, in a lot of other industries, like you get sales calls and people don't want to talk to you. Like when you're a podcaster and you get on with someone, they're excited to talk to you and their excitement makes me excited. And I get to hear about them, what they're passionate about. And then we get to boil it down and distill it. So my audience gets the actionable steps they need to do whatever the thing is better. I've had Alan Stein Jr. on and Bob Berg and Steve Sims. And those guys are just dropping fire the entire episode. I'm taking notes. I'm scribbling now. Still. I've read their, you know, I read their books ahead of time, but then to talk to them in person. And then I get to ask them what I want to ask them. And I don't have to pay their $30,000 for their coaching fee. I get to really ask them the questions I need answered. And isn't, isn't there an aspect though of making them feel like they're the center of your universe to get them to open up the way you want them to? Mm-hmm. There's, there's a, there's a strategy, I wouldn't say strategy, but there's a, there's a method there where, yeah. where, where once the guest feels like, Hey, no matter who they are, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, this is more than just a, okay, 30 minutes and I'm done, but you know, they really matter to you at that point in time. Don't you find yeah. that, you know, that, that connection, that yeah. connection yeah. is, I can't tell you, I've got more than a hundred episodes published um i did a weekly show missed a couple of weeks my first year because i didn't know what i was doing but uh you know i still converse with most of my guests on a weekly basis drop my line so i know hey i really i saw this reminded me of you thanks for all you're doing or hey i really met someone that you're gonna love here's a connection i absolutely love that and i see them interacting on my posts and sending me messages all the time because of the relationships that you end up building when you provide people real value where you're actually interested in listening to what they have to say. And they're just so much fun to be around. I absolutely love all of it. Awesome. Awesome. So we're, you know, earlier this year, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, not in a good way. And I get this message from Travis saying, Hey, there's the veterans podcast awards. I I want you to enter. Like, uh, that's what I said, right? Travis, like, Oh God. (laughs) Come on, man. Another one of these guys. Right, right. But we'll get to the end of it here in a minute. But but how did you, because I've talked to Shane Cunningham about this and how he got started in it. But how did Travis, how did Travis Johnson, you know, play a role in this? Because it's, it's almost like he was, he's, he's one part of it and you're definitely part of it with what you did and how you did awards night. And it was really cool. So, so how will that work? Well, I went on the search for veteran podcast like yours here and I ran into Shane and we had been talking a little bit and he's like, Hey, I bought this, this web domain and it was veteran podcast awards.com. He's like, what do you think? It's like, it's like, you need to set it up and I need to host it. And he's like, that's it. I was like, that's it. And he, no kidding, set up the domain that day. And he's like, you're hosting it. We're in. That's all it took. 
Well, it was a really interesting experience. Um, you know, once I entered and I went to the, the website, I'll have the link here because it's still up, ladies and gentlemen. I had a blast just checking out the other entrance work. You know, mm-hmm. Some of them have been doing it longer than I have. Some of them had just gotten started. Some of them were, you know, in different phases of their development. But it was like, wow, I mean, all these talented veterans coming together to share what they have. It was it was the first time I'd ever really seen anything like this. And so I'm curious, what did, what was going on in your mind as you're watching this come together and people putting up their show and coming into the site? Active duty. When veterans work together, we're going to win. We're going to take whatever oh, it is yes. we're going to doing. We're going to put it together and we're going to crush it. I went and uh, we we originally tried to register on national or um, international podcast dates, like September 30th. And a guy reached out to us. who's a Navy veteran, actually, Todd Cochran. He runs Blueberry, which is a podcast hosting site. He's in the podcast hall of fame. And he's like, Hey guys, (laughs) just so you know, I'm hosting like the 16th annual, like people's choice podcast awards on the same day. I'm not saying you can't host yours, but you may want to consider doing something different. And Shane's like, rats, exact words he used, rats. And he went in ahead and he did all the legwork to get October 5th dedicated as, dedicated as National Military Podcast Day. And then, which was the last day right before we uh, set up to go into Afghanistan back in whichever year that was already, it's like two decades ago already. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I joined a year before September 11th, <laughs> but, um, you know, he had that set up and we went, we went and watched, you know, the People's Choice Podcast Awards to see what they had put together. And there were some things that we liked and some things we were kind of, you know, we were like, you guys have been doing this for a while. Like, this is what you guys decided on, huh? And I don't know if they're just keeping the theme from previous years, but when we put together ours and you were there in attendance, like we put a, together a pretty cool show, very excited to not only get people there, but to get people on the veteran podcast work and network. Uh, we got sure to come on board and give away a couple of microphones. Uh, we I did that love. live. I, 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 I like the, 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 the award I got, but I really wanted the, the red, white, and blue sure mic. That was absolutely awesome. <laughs> and then we, we reached out to some veteran uh, recording artists and we got the Marine rapper and Elliot McKenzie day of kind of last minute but they both said yes to letting us use some of their music during the award show so we opened it up with the marine rapper uh and he got to do his two and a half minutes or whatever he did and then we went into the intro and we had some cool graphics and we brought it in and i actually had another host with me uh juan garcia from the stone vet usmc he's in oklahoma city here with me so he drove across town and he was going a little little bananas <laughs> he's pretty excitable great guy love his energy uh, and we got to host this thing and it was such a great time and we get to recognize so many great veteran hosts and then we get to get away with those two microphones, but just really, really a great time all together. There's nothing veterans can't do when we come together to work towards a common goal. No, man, it was a, it was a really great time. And I think if I may, the, the best part of that night was sharing the stream with, you know, my friends and family, you know, who, you know, I've been doing this for, um, you know, over five years and, you know, it's like, oh my God, he actually, he actually did something with it. Wow. Uh, it, it was cool to see their reactions on the stream and everything else like that. 
and it looked like you were having a good time that night. And so you, you've done all this. Are you going to do it again? What's next with this? Uh, yeah, we're definitely doing it again. We still have the Veteran Podcast Network, veteranpodcastnetwork.com. You can go there. If you host a show, it's free to sign up, fill out the little form. So I've got all the links I need to build the webpage for you. And you get to add it to that. And then you guys get notifications of when we're coming out with uh, the next year's Veteran Podcast Awards and what that's going to look like. We've got a few more sponsorships. This year was free to enter for the podcast awards. I think we're going to have to charge like 20 bucks because I, I think Shane went like six grand out of his pocket to put this thing together. Um, so definitely going to be working hard on getting more people there, getting people entered, uh, getting a little cash flow so we're not just taking out of our own backside and then really working to get some other sponsors in the arena. We we only put, we had like three months-ish that we put this together in, which for this magnitude, I mean, I thought we put together a pretty quality production in just a, just a couple of short months, which I really enjoyed doing that. But we're really going to work to get some, some bigger time partners, some more people donating, some more you know logos on the old website so we can really create the synergy and partnership. And people can really find out what it is that the veterans are doing on these shows because they're as good or better as anybody out there. We really are. Well, and yeah, that's to my you know point when I got on and signed up and got into the, the group, if you will, I'm like, these, these are all like talented people who are doing this. We each have our own little slice of the pie, our own little lane we're in, but none of these people are slouches. They're all working hard on their craft. And it was really cool to see because you go to, I've been to other podcast meetups and groups, you know, where there's civilians and nothing wrong with what they do. But let me tell you, Travis, I mean, out of 200 people, you are the only military or veteran podcast guy, period. And it's, it can be difficult to have a conversation or, you know, relate to someone's experience. So I thought this was a cool start. And it's really, really more than, than, than the, you know, I got the award for the news podcast. I was very happy about that. I won the Marine Corps one. But anyway, more than the awards and more than anything else, it was just being part of, of this of this foundation that I hope builds on to, to bigger and better things. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. No, I'm glad you were there. I'm glad you had a great time. We love putting it together and I can't wait for the next one. I had just, so I'm here in Oklahoma and that was a what Tuesday night, yeah. Saturday, the Saturday, just before that I had got asked to host a local Miss Oklahoma pageant. So hey Saturday now. I was there. I left the house at like, Oh, what time I leave? Seven thirty, and I didn't get back. Seven thirty in the morning, I didn't get back till midnight thirty, and just was completely wiped out Sunday. And I'm like, I gotta get together. I gotta, I gotta host another show here. <laughs> yeah, you were talking about that. I saw that on your social media post. What yeah. was that like, Miss Oklahoma? It, I mean, that's a big deal, man. That is a big deal. I was very honored to to be asked to do that. Um, they've been a fan of it, well, friends of ours, and been a fan of the podcast and loved what I was doing. And they were putting this together. It was their first time event as well. They, they started up a new, I, I guess they've got them all over, right? I didn't know, you know, so you have to win a local in order to get entered into like the Miss Oklahoma pageant. So all the people in the Miss Oklahoma pageant have already won at some other level, right? They've all won another one. So there's like Moore and Norman and Bricktown and all these little city areas. Uh, this was Miss Crossroads, Oklahoma, hosted out in Drumright, which is not close by. But we went out there and I tell you what, if you guys haven't been involved in one of these things and see what these, what these gals do for the scholarship competition, it's pretty intense. I was there 
hosting, making sure I get the names right, you know, because I want to do a good job and do right by their, their families and whatnot. And I was there with them, the Miss candidates all morning, which is, I think, 18 to 25. And they go through their routines and the things they got to do all in sequence and run through their talent and go through their questions. Um, it, it was it was quite the quite the workout for me. I was just standing there talking, looking at gorgeous women, which was not a bad time. Went and grabbed lunch. And then the afternoon was the team candidates. And we had a gal from her family, I think is from Lebanon. Her name was Michaela Nithianandan. And I nailed it just now. Nithianandan. Nithianandan. Wow. Nithianandan is the last name. And I wanted to make sure I crushed it because I don't imagine too many people do. And I asked at the end of the night if I did it right. They were like, you nailed it. No one else ever gets it. You nailed it every time you said it. I'm like, yes, thank you. Doing it for you. That's Got big, help. man. That's big. Yeah. That's, that's people appreciate that. And people notice that. Good stuff. It's the it's the second sweetest sound in the world behind a baby's cooing is someone's name. And was very happy to do that right. Do right by them. We had dinner and then after the whole day of work, then it was time for the actual pageant. So I went and got in my tuxedo and had to put it together. And we didn't run through everything exactly. So there was a couple of miscues because there's no kidding, like an official timekeeper during this thing. And the question and answer portion, it was like a two-part thing because they were going to answer the question and they had a timeline and then they were going to do like their social... Um, their social platform, the thing that they were trying to get changed. Oh, okay. Uh, they're, 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 they're uh, cause they're. Yeah. Their cause. Right. Yeah. So like after the whole thing, I, I talked to a gal who is a quadruplet. She's one. Of remember correctly. So she was talking about access for people with disabilities and working alongside each other. And it turns out she's doing nonprofit work in Oklahoma City, working with not your average Joe coffee. And they have people with this developmental disabilities working side by side with regular people actually working, serving coffee and running the establishment. And they have a few locations here in Oklahoma. So it was really interesting to see what these gals had well thought out. They're talking to Congress, a lot of these, these gals and really working hard to, to try to get the change that they want to see in the world. It was really, really fantastic. And two wonderful gals, won, one for the Miss and one for the teen event. And they're looking forward to the Miss Oklahoma pageant next summer. Did you ever think when you started podcasting or any of this, that these kind of opportunities would open up to you? And now that you're <laughs> getting these opportunities, are you asking yourself what's next? You know, it definitely wasn't expected. It's not like I'm going to host a podcast and then in a year I'm going to be hosting Miss Oklahoma pageants and then I'm going to do like, that's just, I mean, I don't know. That's just not the way I think. I was like, this will really be cool. So I'm going to try it. Yeah. Right. That's, I want to, this is going to be interesting. Let's do it. You know, and then whatever happens, happens. Uh, it's definitely, it was unexpected, but I definitely enjoy the heck out of it. I love getting up in front of people, talking, sharing my story or whatever needs to get done is really, really what I want to do. You know, if, they say, hey, Travis, we've got this opportunity over here. What do you think? Yeah, you invited me. I'm going to go. I'm going to be there. Let's, let's get it done. What can we do? What does this look like? What do you need? How can I help provide more value than you were expecting? How can I help you set this up? How can I bring more people in? I want you to be successful. I'm not one of those people out there, you know, waking up every morning, sitting, sipping on their morning haterade or whatever it is they drink so they can like be down on people all day. I want people to crush it. 
I want my guests to do well. I want the people that host me like yourself to just do amazing work because why not? Why can't we all win? I guess that's a, the abundance mindset that's in me, right? Well, it's a refreshing mindset. And, and for a very long time, I was definitely scarce. Definitely, let's hold our cards close to the chest. But uh, for me, when, when I started saying yes to things and you know, being willing to get out of my comfort zone and realizing that by, by sharing, I, I could, I got more out of it by sharing than by trying to do otherwise. Uh, mm -hmm. Life became a whole different story, man, a whole different story. I love it. Yeah, as soon as we get the focus off ourselves, it's really easy to grow and have a great time. If we've got nothing going on and all we do is think about woe is me all day, it's really easy to go downhill. But if you get them, be like, oh man, I get to be on Travis's podcast later, man, that's legit. I can't wait to do that hashtag Oscar Mike radio, you know, like you start thinking about a different thing and you start going in a different trajectory. You start gaining confidence and you start getting happier and then people notice and they're like, what's going on in Travis's world? I want to be, I don't know what's happening, but I want to be part of it. It's contagious. I, I really it believe is. it's contagious and so many yeah. good things happen. I just want to have you back on, man, to really dig into, you know, we covered a lot of topics tonight because there's a lot to talk about, but I really, you know, want to have you back on to talk about nonprofits more because, you know, in, in my area of the country, there's a ton of them in Massachusetts. Uh, I looked in uh, Massachusetts and I want to say the last time I looked, they were approaching like 6,000. Um, it, it was some crazy number for military podcast, uh, military or veterans, nonprofits. It, it, it was like unbelievably. And I talked to the secretary of the, of the Commonwealth about it. And he's like, well, we like it. We have no problem doing it. Um, he just thinks that the same thing you think is that not enough groups work together. And as long as you have that headbutting thing in certain spaces, nothing gets done. So I'd be interested in trying to figure out ways to work past that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening in Oklahoma here locally. There is, I can't remember what it's called, it's like the Veterans Resource Group or something. Well, they get together, no kidding, every month with staffers from Congress, with different organizations. They've got about 40 organizations represented in the room as they're doing this every month and they're working together on legislation and cross promotion and really trying to build this up. Um, that being said, I'm sure there's a lot of organizations that are not in a room that I don't know if they just don't know about it or what the deal is, but there is groups out there actively trying to work together to solve this thing. Um, this is slightly off topic, but I got to interview, how uh, was it? Tamara Wright at Community Solutions and they in like 18 different cities across the US and they only can do it by working together. Yeah. If, if I'm worried about my rice bowl and you're worried about your rice bowl and we're not sharing any rice, we're not actually gonna solve the problem. We're just gonna feel good about helping the couple of people we do, we do help, but don't actually solve the problem. When you solve the problem, you actually have less people to help. And that's which is, okay. Which is a good thing, which is a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. Well, I'm sitting here with active duty Navy uh, guy extraordinaire. And as a Marine, it's hard to say. That's the thing. I'm like, oh, I got to do this. Travis, I know it's painful. It is. It is. It, it caused me a little you know, pain right there. It's just, oh, but, you know, he is um, the host of the nonprofit uh, architect podcast. He is very talented. He has encouraged me in my journey with Oscar Mike Radio. 
He is a true part of the Veterans Podcast Awards and was very proud to be part of that. I just want to thank you for coming on, Travis. And, you know, as, as time goes on, come back and kind of deep dive in these subjects a little bit more. But, um, you know, all the success for what you're doing. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on, Travis. And I'd be happy to come back anytime and deep dive on any topic you like. And if we wait till March 2nd, I can talk about all the stuff I couldn't talk about while I was in. Your retiring your retirement date's March 2nd? Yeah, retiring March 1st, so March 2nd. Woohoo! Well done. Well done. Thank it's you. gonna be here before you know it. Uh it's, and it's been a long journey, I'm sure. Long journey. And well, well done. Bar, uh, Bravo Zulu, as they say in the Navy, right? That's right. Semper right. Fidelis. All right. And as we say in uh, Oscar Mike Radio, we are Mission Flight. Thank you very much. And uh, please, please check out the Nonprofit Architect podcast. I'm Travis. With Travis, we both like hearing our names said, you have a good one.